1: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and i know that i can't fix it i can help even just a little bit won't you let me try
2: hello and welcome to the latest laz and powers live on tape from the athletic chicago podcast studio which is my mazda cx5 i am joined by scott powers i am mark lazarus we are of the athletic can and... you write
3: this car off now
2: Ooh, that's a good idea Maybe I could do that. Maybe, I, like, every other payment we can, we can compromise. You know, every, the, the company makes every other payment. Um, yeah, it wouldn't really make sense to do it in the uh, in the ring because we're wearing masks, for one thing, and they're always playing cheesy 80s music. So, uh, you know, I, I miss the morning skate uh, podcast where you'd have, like, the dulcet tones of, like, the morning skates, you know, sticks and skates flashing around. And yeah. That was, like, comforting ambient noise. This. Uh,
3: I miss this the uh, right. going up to, like, the, uh, the second, up into the... What, what, or oh, a little lounge there in the rich people yeah, section of the yeah, United the rich, Center. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think which which premium car advertisement was there. Oh, uh, I think it was was a yeah, Lexus. It was some kind of car. Yeah. I can't afford. I don't know.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it was nice to go up there. There was couches up there and stuff, and we could chill out. And, yeah. Uh, and then every now and then, like the cleaning people would come by and like you know like make a lot of noise or like yell at <laughs> us to leave, and it was fun. But we are actually at a hockey rink or outside of a hockey rink because training camp has started. Ford? This
3: is This day. is
2: the day four because Sunday was an off day. Yeah. Uh we are 4 days into training camp and nothing is is determined. In no. fact, we have I don't think Jeremy Calton has any idea what his lineup is actually going to look like Come Yeah. On. Do you think it really does? Cuz like you and I are looking at this lineup right now and there are 16, 17 guys that we think are competing for spots, and here he's out there talking about how good Mackenzie Entwistle looks. He wasn't on our list, and all of a sudden you're like, well, what is this team possibly going to look like on opening day beyond the top six or so?
3: Well, I wrote this a little bit on the observations the other day, was that I, I think, and I think didn't even mentioned it today, that like he doesn't really know anything until the exhibition games, you know? Like, everyone, like, I think you can tell out who has more skill than before, who's skating better, like, there are things that you can read into, you know, I think stamina, things that we can see that, you know, um, but who looks good, like, in an NHL setting, an NHL game, I don't I don't think anyone knows, yeah. and I think Carlton even mentioned uh, the exhibition games, and, you know, I look, I, I wrote about Marco Dano, like, Marco Dano was, center, <laughs> was beside Taves, or, yeah, beside Taves and Hosa uh, before the first preseason games, and then Daniel didn't even make that team out of camp, you know, like, the the... the Uh, even, like, the interest card scrimmage tomorrow, like, there are certain things you can pull, but um, no one's going out there to hit you, no one's, you know, like, no one's looking to, you know, just...
2: Well, I mean, if you look at today, you know, they've muddled up the uh, the, the practice units because there's going to be a big scrimmage on Tuesday, an uh, inter-squad scrimmage. So it's not just, like, the good team and the other guys. So you had, you know, Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane just barreling in on, you know, Ozopov and some other guys who I'm not sure I've ever heard of before. You know, only you do. I know you know all these guys, but, you know, come on. And, <laughs> and it's like, what are you what are you going to learn? What are you going to learn about Dabrinkit and that? And what are you going to learn about the young guys in that when, you know, yeah, see if they can you know, throw them in the deep end, see if they can swim, and there's something to that. But at the same time, until you're really playing in an NHL game, they're, they're running drills out there.
3: The, the only thing, I mean, Carlton right now, the, the the focus is enforcing the system and getting the ideas. Um, I think what he can dictate and in, in what does matter with the inter-squad stuff and, and then the exhibition, exhibition games is that he can dictate opportunities, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Dylan Strome playing with non-offensive players or playing on the fourth line, like that's going to dictate his opportunity. Lucas Reichel playing with Hagel and Taves, like you say, that's going to, you know, like that gives you the best chance to make it. I think we've seen that even in the past with, um, you know, whether it's Colleton or or Joel Quinville, you can see that guys are given opportunities to make the team and you want to see how they play with certain guys. Um, You know, Strom is one of the big talking points of this where he's gone from, you know, the future number one center, or you know, like the—he was I, I did, on the eighth line today. He was the fourth line of the second group. So Yeah, it didn't sound like the first and second groups are like, but he's basically on the seventh or eighth line. <laughs> but <laughs> he, anyway, you look at it, it's either, not good yeah, for Dylan. You know, no, it's it's—he's opera. And another thing, you and I were talking, and uh, I, I wish sometimes that we were just being recording like our our <laughs> conversations during the practices. But you have a lot of guys who are similar. You have Godet, You have Nelander, You have. G- you have Strom, you have um, Borgstrom, and of all of those, Strom is the proven commodity, right? Like he's the guy that who's produced for you. Yep. He's the guy that you know um, playing alongside. Like Strom has his limitations, but playing alongside De Brinkett or Kane or you know high on players, he can he can set up and create.
2: Playing playing with highly skilled players. That's a rare talent. That's a skill in and of itself to yeah. be able to hang with guys like that. And, you know, we've made some kind of a stink about that Strom needs to be, you know, with, he, he can't, he's like Artemis Isimov because he needs to be in a specific role to succeed. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. He's a center. You throw a center on a wing, he's going to struggle a little bit. You put him with, you know, grinder type fourth liners, that's just not a natural fit for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he is a mostly one dimensional offensive player, but he's a proven producer one way. Patrick Kane is a one-way offensive player, but he's really good at it, so you're fine with it. I'm not saying Dylan Strome is on that level, but there's some pedigree there as him being a number three pick overall, and he's proven that he can be a .8 points per game kind of guy. That's that's rarefied air in the NHL, and we don't know if God can do it. We know that Nylander has not been able to do that yet. Strome is still a young guy. He's 23, 24. I think we forget about that sometimes. He's on a reasonable contract at three million dollars, but they've been trying to trade this guy for a year now.
3: What's interesting too, like, I don't know what Borgstrom is right. Like, I, he, he's I think big. He, he's he's a bit of an X factor here. I, I think what what Colleton is hoping is that Borgstrom is an upgrade over Strom. Like, there's parts of Strom's game that obviously. I think drive Colleton crazy. Like there there are parts that Yeah, his
2: face offs, uh, his footwork. I mean his, his, he's never gonna be a, a yeah, burner.
3: He's not the center that he wants him to be and, and he's not and he's not gonna be the wing he wants him to be. Like no. there's uh, and and I think last year that I mean some of this is on Strom too. Like Strom didn't exactly take advantage of his opportunity last year. And some of the he was out and then, you know, PS Suter emerged and so so there is some of that, you know, like Strom's numbers last year weren't weren't good. Um, but he was also being tossed around. Like, there are there a lot of different factors in the last year. So I don't feel like it's, like, Strom's, like, this definitive, you know, like, he's he's not definitively a top-six guy. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we've seen enough, at least, how he plays with the brinket that that makes a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, Tyler Johnson could make sense, too. But it, it's, it's again, it's throwing, you know, like, it's taking a chance where, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how there's, like, I don't know what the Strom – outcome is, like, is, is he yeah. traded, is he waived, is he set, like, it he's seems... Too, he's too valuable a commodity what, yeah. to
2: be just, to just be put on
0: waivers. Yeah. Like,
2: there's no way they do that unless, they, they, they would trade him, they absolutely, they tried to trade him at the trade deadline, they tried to trade him this summer, uh, they didn't find a, a, a deal that they liked, but there's no way you're going to let a guy like that walk for nothing. So, the question, another thing you and I talked about... It depends,
3: about, it also depends on it who... Like, it's, someone is going to have to be put on waivers. Yes. Unless they decide to put Kershev or Reichel down, which early signs are they think both those guys are good enough to play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like Kershev like, was on PP2 today. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, like, Reichel being given that opportunity. Like, the preseason games, again, will kind of play out. But somebody, there are multiple guys that are, that are going to have to either be sent to Rockford or put through waivers. And so I, I, uh, I, I think... This, the Strom thing's going to have to come to a head one way or the other, like, toward the end of camp, right? Well, you know, you and I were talking about
2: this, and it's, you know, you've got, you, know, you talk about Gaudet and Strom and Borgstrom and all these fringe guys who have a lot of skill. And it's, you know, it's common NHL practice that you have to have two scoring lines and a checking line and a useless line. That's the old days. And then it became three scoring lines and a checking line. Yeah. Do you have to do that? Are the Blackhawks good enough defensively this year with the upgrades with Seth Jones and with Jake McCabe to maybe have four offensive... Wouldn't you rather... I mean, no offense to Ryan Carpenter, uh, um, Jujar Kyra, There's a lot of these kind of grinders in the lineup. Wouldn't you rather have guys that can score goals and just say, go fuck it, let's go win 5-4 to four every game.
3: we well, we'll sell some tickets. Yeah, and, and I'm not convinced that I mean, this isn't how NHL coaches think. You know they're, they're thinking defense. They're looking to prevent before they're looking to produce. Especially, but is on, that? I mean, David well, Camp's not here. Is that going to be a good defensive line? Well, no, 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 no. And then I, I, I mean, Camp. It was arguably not a great defensive <laughs> line at times. I mean, they were they. Having, ultimately, ultimately heard- they're on the ice for more goals against than goals for, and that, I think that's a good barometer. And and the question is, if you made that an offensive line, would. Like, if it was at Strom and Nylander. Like, an energy would you, line on would you Would you score more goals than you. Like, yes, you give up goals. Yes. I mean, that's that. Would, but would you ultimately give up, you know? Would you score as many? Like, that would be but, the barometer. I mean, are you like, going to
2: be putting up Ryan Carpenter and Jujar Kyra up against. You know Connor McDavid's line. I mean, are, are they? They're not that. Just just because they're defensive minded doesn't mean that they're a good defensive line.
3: And, and removing Camp changes what that line is like. Camp, like I, I, I know that fans don't love Camp, but <laughs> there were a lot of he was like, effective. Yeah, like he was really good in his role, and and ultimately, the problem with Camp was that he just he didn't they didn't produce. Like Camp's not good enough offensively, but they drove. They drove the puck up the ice enough. Like, they got it out, and they were able to defend. And they put the next line in a position to score yeah.
2: by flipping the ice.
3: Puck. And and, that line, and their line was often outscored themselves, and, but that was their part of their own. But that's that's part of it, too. It's like, unless you're... There's very few defensive lines that produce enough that still don't get outscored. You know, like, well, here, it's how much are you willing to get
2: outscored? Here, here's a concern. Like, Tyler Johnson, who's, by the way, a fantastic quote. Uh, he, he, he spoke for the first time in camp today, and... Um, and he kind of brought this up. He said, you know, when we he said when when we were in Tampa, we were playing them eight times a year, we looked at the the Blackhawks and said, okay, this is a good skill team, but they don't have a lot of grit. They don't have a lot of sandpaper. And he wants the he wants now that he's here, he wants the Blackhawks to have more grit and sandpaper. And Stan Bowman's always talking about, you know I want to be tougher to play against. Now, if that means you're just gritty and relentless and you know working hard in the corners, that's fine. But if it means we're gonna put a bunch of tough guys out there, we're gonna be grinding and stuff, that shit doesn't fly in the NHL anymore. No. We we are long past, unless it's like the, you know, the the like the Cal Clutterbuck types of the world, like Casey Sizekis, that Islanders line that everybody always raves about, that can kind of play both ways, there's not room in the NHL for just grinders. Like, you know, Dave Bolin, Michael Froelich, and Marcus Kruger, that line could push the puck up the ice and create chances. Yeah. It wasn't just a grinder line. Grinders are not worth that much in the NHL anymore. You need guys that can score. Yeah. And if you have grinders that can't score, I'd rather just go try to score on those shifts. I don't think that necessarily... put Just because a guy plays a more gritty style doesn't mean he's the right person for that role over a Dylan Stroman and Adam Gaudet. Adam Gaudet belongs in this lineup. He deserves a chance to show what he can do in the NHL. The Hawks acquired him and he hasn't really had a chance yet. You're just going to get rid of him for, you know, Again, I like Ryan Carpenter, but yeah. is right. You don't Ryan Carpenter was here for his PK abilities, and now you got to bring it and dock and taves is back. I don't know if you necessarily need him in the lineup every day.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
0: You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
3: And I, I think, you know, when you look at teams like some, like Vegas has a very good fourth line. And I don't even know it's necessarily an ability to score, I think it's ability to drive possession mm-hmm. and leave your next line in a better spot. Like the nice thing about Kruger's line was that. Kruger didn't score, but what he'd do is he, he he'd put the puck on net, and then they get off the ice. They get off the ice, and then you <laughs> here know, comes Patrick Kane. And then and then you take an offensive you know zone face off, and I think that's the key is that you put him in a better position with it, and like I look at the Brinkett's progression, I look at what. Hegel can do on the four check I think guys like Reichel I think that's what you want to be hard to play against is where that you're creating turnovers and and certainly you want to stop in the in the D zone and some of that's on everyone especially you know kind of when they're playing man to man at least at points um, but I, I do think the defensive upgrade I think McCabe and Jones uh, are, are certainly upgrades from Zadorov and Keith and, and don't um, forget flurry yeah and, and having better goaltending and, and I think you know Lincoln is going to benefit from getting you know just being both those guys will probably benefit from fewer starts that type of thing so yeah I, I think defensively they're they're so much better and, and yeah I don't I don't know I I think college isn't going to have a difficult decision cuz I, I think he I think he had an idea of how he wants this team to play and, and certainly Kyra, Kyra and, and Carpenter fit into that but I yeah, I don't know if it But makes are sense. they
2: 12 are, are they among your 12 best? forwards yeah. when the name of the game is outscoring the other team. I'm just not sure. No, I, I, Maybe I they know. are. I mean, it's very it's very possible that Gaudette isn't more than what we've seen. It's very possible that Strom is too one-dimensional. Like, this is what has to be figured out over these next couple of weeks here before the season opens, but I feel like it's, it's almost ruled out out of hand, the idea of having somewhat offensive-minded players on your fourth line. And I don't, I think the way the NHL is going towards speed and skill and speed and skill and scoring goals, it, it's time to get past the idea that you have to have a grinder line. That you know, if you if you're playing uh, on a on a team with a really defensive style, yeah, maybe that suits you. But Jeremy Colliton's system is predicated on transition offense, getting the puck out of the zone and up to the forwards, and having guys that can't do anything with the puck on their stick. It's why Nikita Zadorov's not here anymore. You know, maybe at some point you just need this this system needs guys that can move the puck yeah. and aren't just grinders, whatever that even means. All right, let's talk about the top line because. I don't think anybody saw Tyler Johnson as one C on this team. Not only is
3: he one C, he's right in the middle of PP one also. I, the thing is, I'm not even thinking of it as a top line. I guess I, I guess I'm almost thinking back to like, I mean, the, the guy, the centers who have played with Kane are, you know, Richards and Hanzoos. and like it, it depends. On Everybody
2: how, that's ever been in the organization has played center. Yeah, with that like game.
3: so. I, I guess I guess from that standpoint, like I know that Johnson's getting all this attention as being the top center. I just wonder. I, I think it's going to be a line that starts in the offensive zone a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to get many defensive zone face-offs. Like, I think having Taves there, I think I think two factors that that make me think that Johnson is more the three-center still is that I think I, I think it's a line they want to start in the offensive zone. I think the fact that Taves is back, it, it changes the face-offs. And I think they still want Kirby Dock to get a lot of five-on-five five ice time. So I, I, I'm i curious to, to see what that Dock line looks like because we've yet to see – like we yet to. Yeah, he's
2: been changing pair, uh, partners on the. Yeah, every like day. we
3: don't know what that line is, but I think they want Doc to play a lot of ice time. So, um, again, maybe it's a fourth line that barely plays. You know, like it could be that like too, considering yeah. that you you're gonna want Cannon to bring it on the ice all the time. If Taves is up the speed, you certainly want him taking a lot of face offs and and on the ice. And then Doc, like, his development is is essential for him to be back on the ice a lot this year. Like, ultimately, you have three lines that you can play pretty consistently. Where that fourth line. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but again, it's like I don't know if this is a stopping line. This is not a line that you start in the defensive zone and necessarily it's going to say it's going to create you better possession. So, um, but I, I, I'm curious. Like, it's there are a lot of skeptics on whether Tyler Johnson consistently. Um, whether he has enough in the tank, you know. You had a
2: source that basically said he was was
3: completely out, completely washed,
2: basically. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, I don't don't know if that's fair either. Like, I mean, Tyler Johnson obviously skates pretty well. He's a
2: four-time 20-goal scorer. He talked today how, you know,
3: you know, I am always fascinated by the
2: dynamic of playing center for Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane is unlike almost any winger in the game where he's basically the center just along the wall. He carries the puck up the ice, he makes all the decisions, he doesn't need hand holding, he doesn't need support, he's gonna make something happen. You have to think the game the way he is. It's one of the reasons he cycles through so many centers, and it's one of the reasons he can play with so many centers because he can do it himself. And I asked Tyler Johnson that today, he goes, Yeah, I play with Nikita Kucherov, remember? It's like, oh yeah, that's one of those guys that that one of the few guys that plays like Patrick Kane. Yeah. He can do that. So uh, he's an interesting option there. I mean, historically speaking, we always we used to get in trouble with this during the uh, the, the the glory years was. No matter what line Jonathan Taze was on, we called that the top Damn. line. And Patrick Kane was always looking for the second line center. And Kane himself would call looking for a second line center. So he accepted the fact that Taze was always 1C. And now we're not sure if that's the case anymore. After a year away where Kane was the number one line, you know, to me, to Brinkett and Kane, you could put me in between them and that's your top line. That's two good wingers that, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to do a whole lot. But they can carry the play. We I think a lot of it's, right?
3: it's about the utilization, right? Like that, right. that line's not going to start that often. in The defensive zone, you no. Know? Like uh, ideally,
2: a line with Taves and Hegel and you know Reichel or whoever's going to wind up Kubalik probably on there. They can play a much more well-rounded game. Yeah,
3: and, and Doc, I think I think ultimately, like it's like, like Taves defensively wasn't great the last time we saw the him. You last know, last couple of years. I, I think I think Doc is going to. I think they expect Doc to really like Doc understands Colton's system pretty well. He plays in it pretty well. I think he's a big key to what they do defensively, too, in this, you know. And, and it's curious because right now they have him playing with a lot of offensive-minded players, too, yep. you know. Like we're So, I don't know. Like, they have, I feel like they have more pieces than they've ever had, at least since colton has been here. But they don't exactly, you know, like, there's a lot of meshing that still has to go on to where they fit. And I, I think Reichel's going to make this interesting. Um, I, I do think Kershev plays a little bit more of a two-way game, so maybe he makes sense for that, too. So... Well, if they were
2: wise, they also would—they would be limiting Taves' minutes anyway. Yeah. You should be playing 15 to 17 minutes, especially early on, yeah. and then that would allow you know uh, whatever line Doc is on to get more minutes. I mean, if you have it pretty evenly spread between the Kane line, the Taves line, and the Doc line, then all of a sudden you've got pretty good balance in your lineup. You've got some depth, and if you know everyone's playing 15 to 17 minutes and Kane's playing 21, you know that's probably the formula for success.
3: Yeah, and I think and part of it's—I mean—if Taves is playing on on the PP one that. I don't know if you can pull back on the on the second on, on, I guess on him, on him on the penalty kill it just it depends I guess it depends on face off. Yeah, I,
2: I, I can't I, I'm fascinated. I wrote about this last week, but I'm fascinated to see just how heavily Colleton will lean on Taves if in fact Taves is, is, is an everyday player again because you don't know how his body's gonna respond to back to backs to three and four. You know, I, I, I firmly believe you should be sitting these guys uh, and resting them and saving up for the long haul, but that's just not how it's done in hockey. And, you know, this is a team that really can't afford to take too many nights off, so you don't know how that's going to work. But if you can kind of limit his minutes in other ways, if Debrinket and Doc can take on the bulk of the PK time away from Taves, and he's in your, like, your third rotation instead of your first rotation, that's a couple of minutes a night. If, you know... The, the power play one would play two minutes almost every time. The PP2 hardly ever saw the ice last year because Kane would just stay out there forever. If you kind of balance that a little bit more and put PP2 out for a minute instead of 30 seconds, there's another couple of minutes off of Taylor's time. And you can still utilize him in all the ways you want to, but, you know, limit it to the point where he's not being leaned on too heavily.
3: It's almost, you know, I, I, I've been watching a lot of Premier League and... and I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, it's... It, it's almost if the, if you had a larger roster, like the Blackhawks would be in a better situation where, like they have Tave Sidonite and bring him and Twistle. or sure. you know, like there, there's limitations to what they can do with the roster. Just cause, when you got one or two extra guys, right? Team, and know. the guys that are you know like guys you want you want playing in Rockford and guys who are you know aren't. Um, waiver exempt. Like it, it struggles where you, you know, ideally you, you sit Taves and then you give Entwistle or, you know, call to mention Re- Reese Johnson and, you know, not necessarily those guys fit the role, but you have enough depth now that you can shift pieces around and have Reichel play center one time. I just, it's the way that, yeah, just there, there's so few guys that can go through waivers that I don't think you have as much roster mobility where you're going to keep a seventh defenseman. And um, I imagine there's a couple guys on this roster that that'll. It'll stick because they make sense as a 13th or 14th forward, right. you know? Um, yeah, I mean,
2: having Brett Connolly as your 14th forward makes more sense than having Mackenzie Entwistle as your 14th forward because, you, like you said, you want Entwistle playing major minutes yeah. in Rockford. They, the organization really likes him. They, he took a big step last year, and he might be a piece in the future. You can't have him sitting every night, but Brett Connolly, who the hell cares? You can sit him every, yeah. you know, every night, and he's just a
3: guy in practice who can, who can sub in once in a while when someone needs a blow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. There, there are a couple of guys that I, I think that've really taken that step. Where I think Regula's, when I mean, he was, he's injured yeah, now. Looks good. look good. and look good, and Entwistle, um, and the fact that Reichel's, you know, I mean, again, you know, Colleton mentioned today at Reichel, and I think Reichel's, I think Reichel's. Better. He's going to
2: have to play himself out of a spot at this point. Yeah,
3: it feels like. yeah, and, then, and again, the preseason games are a different animal. But for him to look that good in Traverse City, which I think in the past has been such a Barometer, that was to bring its big launch, yeah. You know, Forsling looked really good there, and there's guys in the past that just that you could tell that they were a step above everyone. Like, you don't win your spot there, but you you catch some attention, and and you're kind of given another opportunity because well, that's just it's
2: like you said, like you earn your opportunity based on that tournament, and that's why Lucas Reichel is in the top six a lot to this camp instead of skating with the you know, you know, Dylan Strome for lack of a better word.
3: Um, well, what do you give Taves, let's talk about yeah, Taves a little bit, because yeah. I,
2: I, I still feel like, you know, there's so many new names and interesting things that we, we lose sight of the fact that Jonathan Taves is back. <laughs> like, that's a big goddamn deal. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know to say, I mean, 80, 87 minutes into practice, he's still out there. You know, practice was over, more than half the players had left the ice, and he was working on face-offs with Tyler Johnson, and he skates down the other end of the ice, and he's taking one-timers and screwing, and he's got a big smile on his face. I mean, just the mere fact that he can do an 85-minute practice... Is massive. Yeah. That means, you know, the last couple of months that he's he's been in Chicago all summer working out. You know, he's been building to this, and he does seem like a guy who, if the season started tomorrow, he'd probably be in the lineup. And he's gonna, and, and he's wisely tempering expectations, saying it's just his hope and his plan, not his expectation. But everything we've seen, I mean, they've they had three grueling practices to start camp. Yeah. You know, those long ones with the conditioning skates at the end. They had them one day off on Sunday, and he's right back out here with an 85 minute practice. I mean it's all positive I mean this yeah. you know
3: I'm, he I'm, isn't where that i I think he probably wants to be oh sure like he you know you can tell in especially though they had some tough practices and you know he was kind of last in the sprints so you can tell the endurance isn't exactly there and that, that's got to be you know again it's everyone's you know kind of has COVID differently but like there's a struggle for a lot of people to mm-hmm. get back the endurance so mm-hmm. I think for him to be this far ahead right now, it's, it's got to be.
2: That's what it, it feels like. He's ahead of schedule yeah. right now more than I expected him to. Yeah. Be. I thought they would be treating him with kid gloves. He'd be like doing like a half a. Remember when Corey Crawford came back yeah. from the concussion a couple years back, and like on the first day of camp, like he would do like five second, literally five seconds of sprints or or drills around the net, and he'd be on one knee just gasping for breath. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't want to say it, but I honestly was expecting that to be Jonathan Tays, and here he is. Doing those sprints, he might be in last place, but he's still out there doing them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He is way ahead of where I expected him to be.
3: Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, and there's still a few weeks, and start to get some games in. And, and honestly, the, some of these practices are probably harder than you know, like yeah. like than the games because in the games, you know, you you play a minute and then you go sit. You know, yeah. like there, there, it's definitely you. It, there's not a lot of standing around time in a in a, in a training camp. No, in no. Place. I mean, they're they're pushing these guys, so yeah, I, I think I think it's all been positive too. Like I, I'd be surprised. If Taves wasn't, you know, like, at this point, yeah, I mean, I I pretty much think Taves is in the lineup, you know, unless something changes over the coming weeks. and certainly planning as such, based on the way he's
2: operating. Um, Beyond that, um, since we last spoke, our rules, the the media access has changed, much to our chagrin. The, The league issued a memo basically saying that even vaccinated and masked, we had to be six feet away from players, which for the most part, basically made every team say, okay, you can't come in the locker room anymore. And <laughs> yeah. we we had been told that we would be back in the locker room. We were all excited about being back in the locker room. And that's been taken away from us. So uh, as of now, it's been all press conference. Like Kevin Lankanen was, you know, it's the first time we really, most of us have seen Kevin in you know, in a long time. And he's yeah. like, oh, it's nice to see some, you know, put some faces to names. Because as we've talked about, like 90% of this team has no idea who the hell we are. <laughs> they know our names, but they don't yeah. know who we are. Yeah. And... Um, So it's been good to at least get some kind of even a even a live press conference is a million times better than a Zoom call because you can get follow up questions you can kind of like you know get the tone of a question and and someone's facial expression more and it's 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 an improvement but um, it's not what we had hoped for. The Blackhawks, to their credit, are working. They're trying to figure out a way to 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 get us that access, and a lot of teams are doing that. Like Lou Lamorello apparently has just said, "All right, Zooms all year, go to hell," but that's the way he operates. He's a different animal. here and in most of this, most of the cities we've taught or we have writers just about everywhere and it sounds like everyone's trying to give us some semblance of the access we once had yeah. um, to, so we can do some of the stories that we love to do. Um, but it's going to be a challenge for everyone early on and it's going to be some uh, patience tested and uh, yeah well just have to say, I, I think everyone's kind of pulling on the same rope here where it's better for the teams and it's better for the players and it's better for us if we can tell the stories that we want told?
3: I think so. I was at Lincoln and they basically said today, this is just better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, walked out like, it was just like, this is, it's just easier. And that's just a press conference. Yeah. No one likes to do it. I don't, I, I think the Zooms were just, you know, like they were odd for everyone. And, there is more of a, just a personal feeling and just, yeah, there's just, it feels more normal, you know? Yeah. There's a
2: natural give and take in a, in a personal setting, even in a press conference when it's, you know, the six or seven of us that are here every day Yeah, that you just can't get into zoom when you get your one question and your follow up and then you're muted. And then by the time you, you ask another question, that whole line of discussion is gone and you can't like, you can't expound on anything like in a in a press conference setting you can build off someone else's question and know for an answer and you can react to things that you just can't do over zoom so it's certainly better and we are going to be traveling there is going to be some access on the road and um we're gonna we're gonna do a better job this year than i think we did last year we did the best we could last year but it's going to be significantly better this year but um it's still uh it's still not normal yeah no it's not normal it's mostly normal for the players now beyond that but for the most part we're getting there
3: it's no, and, and honestly, this is. I mean, I, I always think of just other people who had been dealing with this even longer. No, we just, are the we are the most put upon people from COVID. Yeah. Nobody has had it worse than us. We are the true victims here, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be weird to get on flights again. I just, I haven't, I haven't flown it. I was supposed to go to Minnesota. I think right before everything ended, like I had to, like the next trip for us. Yeah, you had. The, I I I just come back from. The I did, I Florida. just booked a flight recently, and I had like. I had credits left that I didn't realize today, <laughs> uh, some Southwest credits. So. Um,
2: no, I remember I, 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 the last trip before the pandemic was uh, the Hawks were in Florida. And so I, I, I got that trip. And I remember I played a round of golf on my day off. And uh, at the end of the round, I was playing with some total strangers. Like nobody knew what to do because it was, it, it hadn't come, it hadn't like been, a, it was like late February. So yeah. we all knew it was coming. So we didn't know if we could shake each other's hands at the end of a round. And we were all confused and shit. And that was my last travel
3: experience before that. What are you looking forward to about traveling again? Food. Yeah. Honestly. You haven't ate since you've... I have not eaten it. No, No, I I just... I
2: I mean, usually it's the access. Usually it's just players are more relaxed. There's fewer of us in the room. Everyone's in a good mood. There's nothing better than a road practice for a a reporter. Yeah. Because everyone is relaxed and nobody's in a rush to go anywhere because they don't have anywhere to be. But no, I, I miss going out to get drinks and and, and a meal with the the other writers, the, the other Chicago writers that travel. And you know, I got friends in every city now from doing this for ten years. And uh, I miss that. I miss just uh, being in the different atmospheres and the rink. I mean, being at the game like that was the worst part of this. And again, this is why we're not the victims here. Like covering games on TV f- sucks. Yeah. It's the worst. You have no feel for the game when you're on, when you're watching it on TV. Um, you feel like you know you're just some hack writing from his couch instead of like like it's like what am I even doing here? Um, you feel like you're not you know should I turn in my paycheck this week? What am I doing? So just being at the games and, and being in the in, in that environment and that atmosphere, uh, I just I just can't wait to get back to it because even even at whatever whatever percentage limited is going to be from full time normal, it's going to be so good just to kind of have that you know, that feel again of being in a hockey game and talking to players face-to-face and writing fun stories and, and hearing the crowd again. I mean, it was all the games we covered last year were at the United Center, and yeah. all but two of them had nobody in them. Yeah. So just to hear a crowd explode after a goal again, like, you know, as long as everyone is there vaccinated, I'm, in, I'm good.
3: Let's yeah. go. Let's yeah. do it. Um, I talked about that segment uh, of our pop culture. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Anything you've been watching, listening to, anything... Uh
2: you know, I started watching Star Wars Visions the other day. What's that? It's this, it's like a short limited thing. It's like seven or eight episodes um, of like 15 to 20 minute shows where they basically took like anime, like like Disney, which is, this is a very un-Disney thing to do, said, Here, you're a very good storyteller slash animator. Go tell a Star Wars story that has nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Oh, really? But do it in like a cool anime style. Huh. And I'm not like a big anime guy, but it's been I'm like five or six of episodes in now, and it's cool. It's like these little 15 minute shorts. Uh, it, it, it's really. It's on it, it's Disney. Good. It's on Disney Plus, yeah, and it's uh, it's good. It's a nice little palate cleanser, you know. I've been we've been watching like Star Wars Rebels with the kids, and I love Star Wars Rebels. All those. one of the first things I watched at the pandemic was Clone Wars, and then Rebels. Yeah. And so I I I, 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 I really got into that side of things, but uh, Visions is it's completely I don't different. Know what it's, any of those things are. It's completely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, it's not Irish.
2: <laughs> it's completely outside. it's completely I just, different. I, don't,
3: I just don't have children that fit that age yet. You yeah,
2: know? yeah, you'll get there. It's, it's more like me trying to force it on the kids, honestly. Yeah. Because I was a big Star Wars nerd. We watch a lot
3: of YouTube these days.
2: A for Adelaide is the... Uh... Oh, what, what is it? What my kids, what is it they watch now? Well, my, my, my kindergartner loves number blocks and alpha blocks. And let me, let me say, if you have kids that are between like four and five, yeah, maybe six, watch alpha blocks and number blocks on Netflix. Holy crap, my kid got so good at math from watching number blocks. Like, it made a huge difference in her ability to do math and understanding concepts. And, like, they're all, like, four minutes long, and they're all British for some reason. I think it was made in Britain. That's probably the reason. But uh, it's really good for little kids.
3: Nice. Way better than, like, you know, freaking Caillou. Kind of hate that little bastard. I've been watching a show called Line of Duty. Okay. I've been on this UK kick where I told you about the the Tectorus last week. And this one's Line of Duty, which is... uh, Based in the UK, too. And it's kind got a bunch of Scottish and Irish and different actors, but it's, wait, it's a wait, Irish, really? Uh, cop show that's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I watched almost an episode of, uh, like the I put I'm, I'm the one that puts the baby to sleep still, so I'm up until like 12, 12 And during the last feeding, was we watched uh, the line of duty, and we, <laughs> so we almost get through uh, almost have an episode at night, so um, yeah, it's uh, so that's been yeah, the Tectorists and now line of duty, and that's been my I favorite. want The
2: next thing I want to tackle it, it's on Netflix, and everyone keeps talking about it. it's called. I think it's called Dark. I think it's in German with subtitles. Yeah, it's, it's actually like some... really good. Oh, yeah, have seen uh, it? yeah, it's,
3: yeah, I haven't got through all of it, but yeah, it's shot really well too. I've like been on it's... a
2: weird time travel kick lately. Uh, with yeah. Some of the stuff I've been reading and, and it's
3: subtitled, uh... but yeah, it's really good. But
2: yeah, I, I can read. It's okay.
3: <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving you an <laughs> So I'm
2: I'm gonna try to get into that. I I have a list like a mile long that I thought I would get through in the pandemic, and then it just kind of got away from me. Nice. So. Uh... I have some more stuff that I want to get to. But yeah, check out Star Wars Visions. It'll take you like an hour and a half to watch all of them.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start. We'll have some more to talk about next week, at least. We'll have There's some some preseason games. games yeah. And
2: uh, we'll probably be on Tuesday next week, yeah, Tuesday right? Tuesday next week, yeah. Because you'll be traveling. Yeah.
3: Uh, secret mission.
2: Secret uh, special correspondence. <laughs> uh, special assignment. Um... But yeah, so we'll probably look for us next Tuesday, and then and we'll have God. They play four games in six days, so we'll have plenty to talk about by then. Yeah, the team might be set by then.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Uh, you got anything else? We uh...
2: no, just uh, keep reading. We got a whole bunch of uh, of stories in the hopper that we'll be uh, sprinkling along the next couple of weeks. Beyond just the daily observations, which everybody loves, and everyone loves those little chunky bits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a we got a lot in the a lot in the works. We're going to be traveling. Um, Make sure you let your athletic
3: subscription auto-renew. <laughs> the whole business model
2: <laughs> of the future. Oh, sounds good.
3: For, uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. We'll talk to you soon.
1: See ya. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?